2: Well, hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast. You join us inside the Royal Albert Hall, home of the Statoil Masters Tennis. Catherine Whitaker is here. We've been surrounded by tennis royalty. Uh, and uh, we are left on finals day with uh, a lineup of John McEnroe up against Mats Verlander. Same final as last year here. And also Tim Henman against who's he playing?
1: It'll be either Rafter or Goran who play tonight.
2: That's right, absolutely. So we've got Rafter against Ivanisevic, a repeat of the two thousand and one Wimbledon final. Memories of that?
1: You know my memories of that in the uh, in the in the common room at my school, because that's how young I was um, supporting Rafter, but Goran doesn't know about that, and he's only <laughs> metres away. So let's keep that on the down low, and uh, being very upset at the end of it all.
2: Hannibal Crofts here preparing for her commentary on ITV4. What are your memories? about you're going to be speaking to Goran Ivanišević and Pat Rafter ahead of their their clash here tonight, aren't you? What are your memories of their final in oh 2001? my
0: goodness, I will never forget that final. I can still picture myself sitting on the, in the stands in Centre Court just um, being completely torn as to who I wanted to win because everybody loved both of them. And it was just the most extraordinary match that went on and on and on and it was sort of getting dark towards the end and I just I couldn't bear that one of them was going to lose it, to be honest.
2: So who did you want to win in? The end. After all this dilemma.
0: Oh, it's really. I don't even want to be pushed to say it because. No, is, you're
2: going to have to oh. say it, and then I'm going to go in the locker room and tell him.
0: Well, you know what? I guess I did kind of want Rafter to win, actually. <laughs> <But> Goran. <laughs> don't tell him. No, don't tell him. But but having had Goran win, you know, it's one of those wins that goes down in the history books, doesn't it? Because. He was a wild card when he won it and there was so much love surrounding Goran Ivanovic and still is today. And of course, Pat had those two US Open titles. So, um, yeah, it it was a really special match.
2: Goran Ivanovic, uh, uh, Catherine said uh, she didn't support Goran in that final, did you, you? Catherine? Not
1: at the time, not at the time. Now 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 I know the man and i i i just dread to think where he would be now if he hadn't won so i'm very grateful if, with hindsight that that was the outcome but at the time
2: you, you cried had, though didn't
1: you i, d- I shared a few
2: yeah me. catherine cried did you cry
1: Annabelle? <laughs> no
0: i didn't cry but i do remember sitting there thinking that as a child i'd always thought that the McEnroe borg was it the 1980 final was Correct. the best ever final and I did sit there in the stands that day thinking wow, this is right up there in terms of Wimbledon finals. But of course we've we've gone on and had the, the Federer and Nadal matches as well, so it's pretty difficult to pick between all three of those, but they're, they're definitely standout matches in terms of Wimbledon finals.
2: What's going to happen in the new year? Is there any surprises Ooh. on the agenda? Who's going to come out of the blocks and win Australia?
0: Oh, That's a really good question. Um, my money's probably on Djokovic because I think the way that he's responded off the heavy defeats that he's suffered and I think in terms of Djokovic's mind I think the loss to Nadal in the semis of the French had a knock-on effect for him so I think it it set him back for Wimbledon uh, and yeah set him back a a little bit but then of course he's really responded so incredibly well since then and he will be hungry for titles but then of course so will Nadal because he won't be defending any points Um, Federer is it feels a little bit like is going uh down an escalator and sort of desperately trying to go back up it again but and of course we don't know where Murray's going to be with the the back surgery and and how he's coming back I saw a tweet from him yesterday actually where he said oh playing my first points since the surgery so I'm intrigued as to what's going to happen but I also think you have to keep an eye on people like Pospisil really Pospisil, he's been impressive not to win the title but somebody there's a name that just kind of burst out onto the scene in Masters tennis, has a huge serve big weapons and just is really interesting and of course we all love Jersey Janovitz I'm really interested in what he gets up to and round It's all these sort of new young names coming through, it's going to be fascinating I'm
2: really excited by Pospisil that one hasn't come out on the tennis podcast a whole lot, has it Catherine, so we're, we're excited we must
0: keep an eye on him, he's really interesting he's very tall, very lanky, huge serve attacking, aggressive game and just free flowing and just yeah, it's another one of these new breeds that's coming through that are so big, but they can move, and boy, they're tough to beat. Yeah, he's definitely one you should keep an eye out. And of. what
2: about on the women's circuit? Just before we let you get back to your preparation Albatore, for the big right? match tonight <laughs> here inside the Royal Albert Hall, Pat Rafter against Goran Ivanisevic, and, uh, and you you'll thinking be
0: thinking about what I'm going to ask them when they come out. On what court? are you going to ask
2: them? Let's get a quick insight.
0: Oh, how is Pat going to get that big serve back from Goran? Because of course it's really tricky in the in the indoors here, and that serve just stands him in such good stead. But. Um, yeah, just what the tactics are. See what Excellent. they say. <laughs> Excellent.
2: So the, the women's circuit it will start again. I'm assuming you think Serena Williams will sweep all before her. But um, apart from her, is that right, by the way?
0: I do think that, yeah. Although, obviously, last year when she lost to Sloane Stephens, it was a bit of a shock. And... I Yeah, it's interesting because I think she's so hungry to overtake Navratilova and Evert and then keep tracking down on Graf and uh, Margaret Court. And I think it's achievable, but she definitely... You ha- think
2: she's going to break the records of Steffi Graf and Margaret Court?
0: I think that that is in her sights. I think that is what she's after. Well She definitely wants to overtake Evert and Navratilova. And, that and she's it,
2: only one behind.
0: And she's only one behind. And I think if she then does overtake them, 18... 19, 20, she's still got another year's worth of Grand Slams. And we're talking about it as if they're just easy to notch up. But, of course, you know, she it's, a, it is a, it's not beyond the realms of possibility, but she cannot afford any slip-ups. And last year against Sloane Stephens, there was a bit of a slip-up. And I think if she hadn't gone on to win the US Open title, she would have looked back on 2013 and thought it was a failure. But, of course, she ended up winning the French and the US Open.
2: Two more questions. What about the British girls?
0: Oh, They've they had a bit of a tough yeah, six months, they haven't they? They have had a bit of a tough time, and I think for Heather. You know, she's admitted that it's the first time in her career where when she bursts out onto the scene, all she's ever done is seen her rankings climbing up, and all of a sudden she's <coughs> watched it going back down again, and it's been very difficult for her to cope with it emotionally, and it's a real confidence zapper. And, of course, she's kind of lost that little bit of aura that you get when you first go out on the tour, because then if you start losing, the reputation starts to get bigger as in the locker room. Oh, well, you know, she's struggling a bit, and, you know, you've got a chance against her, and, of course, that in itself helps other players when they go out on court against you and she also is defending a lot of points so there's enormous pressure on her and she's not in the main draw so she's going to be back in qualifying if she doesn't defend those third round points her ranking could be going towards 200 so um, it's a very very critical stage for Heather and I think she's not been enjoying herself out there on the tour lately Laura's
2: got a new coach
0: She has, and it sounds interesting, actually. She's picked a guy that's a lefty, who's got a very good reputation, but I understand maybe we'll be working with Eugenie Bouchard as well, but may not be travelling, so... I'm a bit unsure about that because I think, well, if you're going to go for a coach, you want them there when you're playing the matches because, okay, the hard work's done back on the practice court, but a lot of stuff comes out in your matches, and I'm intrigued as to how that's going to work if she's not got her actual coach with her when she's playing her matches. And again, she's defending a few points in Australia.
2: Cheers. You mentioned Eugenie Bouchard. Oh, she's I'm a one big of, fan the of the gr- hers. you are a are you?
0: huge fan of hers. Yeah, I think she's really good. Uh, she looks fab. She's got a great attitude she's incredibly athletic she's a great ball striker and she's somebody that's learning very very fast and the improvement rate is uh, going up the scale very very quickly and um, she just has got a great personality I think she's a breath of fresh air and I think uh, great things are going to come for her this year
2: So on this podcast we've already mentioned Eugenie Bouchard we've mentioned Sloane Stevens, Laura Robson could throw in maybe madison keys into the conversation who's going to be the one out of them all do you think to come through and have the most success in the next year or so
0: yeah i think probably eugenie bouchard actually i mean there's another girl at wimbledon who was very impressive monica Puig. i don't know if you remember her and she was really impressive Uh, so she's another one in the mix i think madison keys has a huge serve she's um Yes, yeah, she's got big weapons. Uh, a little bit raw, I guess. But then, so most of them are at the moment. It's the one, who, it's the ones who are going to kind of learn the quickest. And Eugenie seems to be taking up the mantle a little bit. Sloane, who's the highest ranked of all of them, was a little bit disappointing in the indoor season. I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of it. Mm. But um, you know, I love it when the coaches come on board on the court and they're all mic'd up because you get to hear what they're saying. And, and this particular occasion, when I was commentating, her it was her hitting partner actually. He's a British guy. Came onto court, and he said what's going on? what on earth are you doing? look at your attitude you look like you've been punched in the face (laughs) and he was right she looked like she was sort of chewing a wasp for most of the match and it didn't matter whether she was winning the points or losing it but he was getting really frustrated with her attitude he said for God's sake he said this is what you've chosen to do as your chosen sport go out there and look as if you're enjoying it because at the moment you look like you've been punched in the face and she sort of looked at him and shrugged her shoulders and went out and won the next set but there was a kind of a feeling that she's not enjoying herself out there at the moment and I think um, struggling a little bit.
2: Well we've enjoyed ourselves this week haven't we? (laughs) It's been good here isn't it? it's
0: fun it's such a great event. I mean I've been coming to this event for many many years and I had a flashback myself actually I said to John Inverdale uh, who's working here as well that I could picture myself in the stands as a 12 year old when I was ball girling for the Fed Cup when Chris Evert, Martina, Virginia Wade, Sue Barker and Hobbs were all playing the Fed Cup here and I was a ball girl and uh, I had this sort of momentary flashback to sitting in the stand sort of getting excited waving my Union Jack flags but um, yeah it's a, it's a great venue here and it's so much fun, there's so much history in this building and obviously all the players love coming here
2: Annabelle, yes. it's been lovely talking lovely to you. Lovely
0: to talk to you. Always love to talk to you, David. <laughs> oh,
2: well, you can come again, probably. Catherine is still here with us inside the uh, the locker room. And uh, and Catherine, it has been a, a, a cracking week. Who's going to win these two big matches still to come in the finals? First of all, though, Goran Vinicevic against Pat Rafter, the rematch.
1: Yes, and looking back through the past results of those two, which I was doing to help Annabelle out with her research earlier, the past two times they've met, or the only two times they've met here, the winner has gone on to win the title. So you could look at tonight potentially. Uh, I'm sure Tim Hemman wouldn't thank me for saying this because he's the person that the winner will meet in the final. But you could think of this as the one that might decide the uh, the title. That's, that was non-committal, wasn't it? I didn't actually predict a winner
2: there. Yes, you, you threw in might there. So who's going to win the match and who's going to win the title?
1: See, I've, I've burned fingers from predictions. When I heard Annabelle mention the name Vincent Pospisil, I thought that is that is the confident sound of somebody who hasn't predicted things on the tennis podcast and got them horribly wrong before, <laughs> like yeah. I have. What's
2: his name? It's Vasek Pospisil, is it? Oh, is it? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, Sorry. Well, that's all right. That's all right. But, um, I mean, you know, he's somebody that we're going to look out for. Now that Annabelle Croft has predicted he's going to win win Annabel's Annabelle's looking that. at <laughs> Everybody heard that, didn't they? Watch out for him. Yeah, all right. Well, when you say things on the tennis podcast, they do tend to oh, gather legs. Oh, so, no. you know. So looking at the order of play after that, we've then got Mansell Barami and Jamie Murray against Henri Leconte and Greg Rizetsky. Um, what do you think? Rizet-
1: uh, of the doubles? you asking me to make a prediction? Yeah, I want, I
2: want a prediction on, on the, on the doubles. doubles? Yeah. Oh, crikey. I'm hold you to it?
1: Can I not go back and predict a winner of... If even of even Rafter. Oh yeah, go and do that then. I think uh, this is tricky because both of them are in the vicinity. So I'm I'm gonna an
2: enchanting shouting distance for me. Go on.
1: I am predicting a Rafter victory tonight, and a, and a Rafter victory overall.
2: That's very controversial. Let's get a, a second opinion on this because Dave Levy has been part of our team uh, for this tournament and he's been working with Catherine and I in the press room and has been keeping a very close eye on matters. You've seen Goran Ivonezovic and Pat Rafter up very close, Dave, because you've been taking them to all your interviews. Who's looking the better at the moment? Who's looking the fitter? Well, as Goran is now currently on the treatment table, I'm, uh, I'm saying Pat um, but that's only because Goran can't hear what I'm saying. No, I, Pat's looked in ridiculously good shape um, uh, for a 40-year-old and is hitting the ball extremely well. And I think he's going to win in straight sets and I think he's going to win tomorrow as well. Goran's also in a bit of a bad mood, isn't he? Because his team, our team, West Bromwich Albin, has uh, has been defeated tonight. So he's in a bit of a stinker. Yeah, there's always the chance that that might um, motivate him to bring out some anger and go for the hit some winners. Um, but I know you had a great time with him going midweek and as well and that has probably been a highlight of his time here so no, I, I still think that Pat is uh, hitting the ball too well and he's going to win It's been a good week though, hasn't it? It's been a fantastic week Excellent, Dave Levy there, part of our team uh, that works behind the scenes here at the Statoil Masters Tennis, I'm just going to go and have a little wander into the uh, the treatment table once again and see who I might be able to find Oh, Goran Ivanisovic is on the treatment table lying half naked, I'm glad this is not telling vision because you would see something you really don't want to see i can tell you that go on how has your last couple of days been
1: why you don't why is that why you don't want to see me naked what is wrong with
2: me it's really not a, a nice side why well, you never saw me naked so do you know <laughs> i'm certainly seeing more than i want to at the moment how, how has your day been apart from uh, the, the obvious uh, football disaster. related problems?
1: disaster started bad this morning being me being sore then we lost to 2-0 at home again, which is disaster. And uh, now I'm seeing you. It's another disaster. So uh, it's, uh, hopefully it's going to finish good <laughs> the day.
2: Well, Thankfully, you're being treated at the moment. So the soreness, at least of those three problems, will soon be alleviated. And here's another little bonus for you, Goran. I'm leaving. So there's another one. You what? I'm leaving. I'm leaving the room. It's the best thing
1: you said <laughs> all night.
2: Thanks very much. By the way, just 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 a quick one: Who's going to win the Australian Open?
1: Uh, Who's going to win? Um, no idea. Let's say Djokovic.
2: And in the women's circuit, Serena Williams. Goran Ivanisevic has spoken here on the tennis podcast, and we we bid goodbye to Goran. See what Catherine Whitaker has to make of things, because Catherine Whitaker, we've just been speaking to a, a half-naked Goran Ivanisevic lying on the treatment table in there, and it was um, it wasn't very nice to look at, I have to say. Uh, but uh, he believes that Novak Djokovic will win the win the Australian Open, and that seems to be the consensus just at the moment, doesn't it? It's hard to bet against him, I suppose. Nadal fans may have an argument against that, but. Uh, you know, Djokovic is pretty convincing, isn't he? In Australia, four titles.
1: He's pretty convincing. I don't, I don't, just don't think there's evidence enough to go against that. I mean, yes, the Australian Open is the one that traditionally throws up surprises, and Novak Djokovic winning would probably be the very opposite of a surprise result because it seems to be a unanimous verdict that that he's going to win there but i think it's because that there isn't any reason really to, to stick your neck on the line and think it will be anybody else of course there's the chance that it could be but i just i think it i think it would just be being controversial for the sake of it to predict anybody else cuz all signs point to djokovic for the australian open for me for you though They point towards Juan Martín del Potro, do they not?
2: Absolutely they do. As predicted on the tennis podcast, some weeks ago, Juan Martín del Potro is going to win the Australian Open, as anointed by me.
1: And that's that's basically as good as a victory itself, isn't it? The anointment anointment is half the victory. Well,
2: you know, um, no, because he needs to win it. He needs to win it now to back me up, prove me right... And make everybody go away, including you, Catherine Whittaker, because I've been questioned too long.
1: For your sake and for his, he needs to win. More so for yours, obviously. That's, that's right. That's that's the bigger victory at stake here.
2: It is, yeah, absolutely. Well, Martin, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, do not mess this up, because there's a lot riding on this, this Australian Open for you. Not only the millions of pounds that you may be able to win, Uh, and the the trophy that you may be able to lift. But I will never, ever hear the last of it if you go out in the third round, all right? So that being all said and all done, I hope you've enjoyed this final tennis podcast of 2013. We'll be back with more chat, won't we, Catherine, in the new year. And it's an exciting tennis year in prospect.
1: I'm hugely excited about it. Annabelle was wetting my appetite there. She was really talking it up, particularly on the women's side, the exciting people, players come through on the women's side. It's it's an exciting year in prospect.
2: Good sport, this isn't it? Well, watch it, enjoy it, listen to it, and come back and listen to us soon.